0: Classy Gibberish. Hello there, dear listeners, and welcome to another episode of Classy Gibberish. I'm your host, Andre, and we are here for yet another episode of the radio show in which we play the absolute bangers of the history of classical music. The bangers we all know and love. And today we are back with our male composers. And we've got um, a duo, actually. Uh, we've got Debussy and Ravel. And our two, oh, these are two different ones, which is not what I wanted. Right. Uh, in my usual fashion, we're going to uh, swap at the last minute. And we're going to have a Brazilian composer, uh, Hekel Tavares and we're going to have his piano concerto number 2 in brazilian forms um so yes should be interesting and i forgot to get the sound on there we go sorry about that that was not supposed to happen any any moment now but yeah so this is this is a brazilian um boom, 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 boom. This is a brazilian composer which is pretty interesting um because i why is it not oh because it's muted that would explain it yes right here we go again this time it's for real there we go it's pretty interesting so this is from 1938 so this is sort of within the same um, within the same time frame of, of composers like um, Gustav... And the planets... Uh, Gustav Holst, Holst. Um, so it's sort of within the same time frame and, and The Planets by Gustav Holst is um, sort of inspired in an in, uh, immoral way the composer of, of the Darth Vader soundtrack Uh, and so if you you listen to the planets it's very similar to um, to the Darth Vader soundtrack or the opposite Darth Vader soundtrack no, Darth Vader soundtrack Star Wars soundtrack is quite similar to to the planets because of that Um, so it's interesting to see because Gustav Holst was from uh, Europe more specifically um, he was English which I was not expecting with that name he was from Cheltenham interesting um, and in this in this show we do tend to have mainly European composers um, given that we've usually focused on more um, or less contemporary composers so we focused on the Renaissance, the Middle Middle Ages, uh, and therefore we have focused mainly on composers from from Europe. You know, we've had some uh, American composers as well, but I don't think we've ever had someone um, from outside, you know, the Global North. I, I think we may have had some Asian composers, possibly, possibly not. Um, but we, I don't think we've ever had someone from the Global South, which is pretty interesting. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see how exactly this is different from, from what we're used to. And, and keeping in mind this, that this was done within the same the same time frame as, as the planets. So um, it is pretty interesting. And so far I sense a sort of... It's good. Ooh, it's very good. oh yes. There's a certain element. So this this piano right here, um, you know, piano solo just one hand, well, two hands now. This is this is definitely something different and unique. And you know, being I'm from Portugal, you know. So, Fairly close to, to Brazil um, in terms of relationships, really. Um, and I I do see a um, Brazilianness to this to this piece in, in that piano uh, solo. I, I do see some Brazilianness and their their uh, light-heartedness and their optimism and their um, happiness in general with which they, they face life, um, which is my my experience of, of the Brazilian people um oh this reminds me of um hungarian rhapsody no rhapsody in blue uh by george Gershwin. uh that's very specific i think it's a saxophone reminded me of that so but 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 other than that it feels like it, it feels more classical than the things that were being done at the time. So at the same time as, as this, you've got, I think, George Gershwin in the US. You've got, um, I've mentioned, Gustav Holst. Um, There's there some other composers from this time in, in Europe and and North America. Um, and and it's interesting to see that uh, at this time, those from, from Europe and North America were developing a sort of um, a modernist approach to, to, to classical music and and expanding on on, um, on the cl- on the classical classical music and trying and doing different things um, and so I, I can see a sort of a a, a, a a train of thought that goes you know because ooh, very nice very nice. Because Brazil was um, underdeveloped from, well, not underdeveloped, but didn't have as much expression in classical music as as we've seen in in Europe and North America, as I've said. They they were still trying to do the classical stuff. Um, And so maybe if we look at um, Brazilian classical music, you know, maybe 10 years later, 20 years later, you know, in the 50s and the 60s, it, it, it is possibly more modernist, and it's got more aspects of, of the Brazilianness. Um, but it is very interesting, I, I quite like this piece. Now, I had this sort of long introduction, which I like. I like to, you know, after all, this is a show about classical music, and so I do like to talk about classical music a lot. Um, Although I don't know, you know, nearly enough to be able to occupy the whole 20 plus minutes this takes, just talking about classical music, which is why I sometimes choose to go for other topics. Um, so I will do a brief pause on on the actual classical music. Oh, that is a very nice first movement. There, that is. It feels like you've got three or four movements within this first movement, and this is really good. This is really good. Um, And I'm actually going on my phone and adding this to my playlist because I really like this. So as I assume you have already um, concluded from, from the start of the show and from this show in general, I don't really think about which pieces I'm going to play until I'm actually in the studio. Or very rarely do I do that. Um, and so it's always a surprise. Because I've run out of. There's pieces I really, really like. And those are in my playlist. And I listen to them regularly. Um, but I've run out of those. And so I just. There's a YouTube channel called Bartier. That's B A R T J E. Bartmans. Um, and and this YouTube channel has a lot of classical music, uh, and it has so instead of having that, the, because if you go like on Spotify or, or on Deezer, which is the app, the app I use, you've got movements, uh, individual movements. You don't have the full extent of the of of the of the piece when you look it up, um, which makes sense but it also means that when I'm looking through um, you know classical music pieces I only see the length of movements, and so I need to look at um, all the movements and their length in order to see if they work for the duration of this show or not while this YouTube channel Barty Bartman's, they post pieces as a whole and so it's got all the movements together and I can very clearly see it works with the duration of the show, with the length of the show, or not. So it's it's really good. Just wanted to plug it here. Um, but yeah, as I was saying, I'm going to add this to my playlist because it's really good. Uh, hmm. Why can't I find it? Oh, plus one, three, one, oh, five. Hmm... That is disappointing. Uh, Wait... No. Hmm... I can't find it for some reason. Composer. Yeah. It's not on my. not on my Deezer, unfortunately. Uh, piano, concerto. Ah! Oh. oh, I found it! Oh, that's very nice. Nice! I am happy. Uh, let's see. Ah, oh, this is very good. It's got every once in a while. So this is more modern but every once in a while it's got a a throwback to the more classical classical music and it's... Ah, oh, I love that. Ooh. Oh, Ah, that is... That is really good. I really like that. Um, it's in my playlist. Uh, I hope you, you'll you be happy to know. But taking a pause from the classical music, because it's been 10 minutes, um, I will tell you how my week went. So just had uh, one class from 9 to 11 on Monday. Um, the rest of the week was just uh, worrying about the radio and that sort of thing, so not much happening. Um, a lot of catching up with politics because it's been crazy in the UK, and at this point I, I'm starting to understand why the British public voted for Boris Johnson in 2019. Uh, they just wanted, they just wanted it, Brexit to be over. And currently, I just want this Conservative Party turmoil to be over. Um, Obviously I would prefer if the Labour Party was in power um, or someone like Rishi Sunak because it sounds like Boris Johnson might be running for it, So, which is terrifying to be completely honest. Um, And so, yes, there's a lot of catching up with that as well. Yesterday I went to Edinburgh. Um, which was really nice. Uh, and the biggest news of the week is... I am officially in a relationship! Which is really exciting. Um, my first ever relationship. And we went to Edinburgh yesterday. And I didn't go on my own. Although, I would, wouldn't mind. Well, I obviously prefer to go with them. Um, but if I had to go on my own, I, w- I wouldn't mind. Because Edinburgh is lovely. And if you've never been, um, it's, a, it's a good place for for a holiday. It really is very beautiful. Um, yes, I just wanted to flex the fact that I am in a relationship. Woo! Not single anymore. Uh, there's two things I'm looking forward to. Now that I'm not single, the first one is when you're in bars and stuff, and there's a Traffic light party where you wear green if you're available, yellow if it's complicated, and red if you're. um, What's red? Oh, if you're not. If you're um, in a relationship. Uh, I'm looking forward to wearing red to one of those. Very nice. Very nice. The other thing I'm looking forward to is when I next donate blood, one of the questions is have you in the past four months uh, have a new um, sexual partner and I'm looking forward to seeing yes um, so that that's the two things that uh, <laughs> I'm looking for <laughs> forward to um, oh in case you don't you, you you're not listening live uh, I usually do my show at uh, half eight today on Saturdays but um, I'm going to watch a play and um, with the person with whom I'm in a, in a I'm in a relationship, um, and so that's going to be really exciting. And apparently, the play has been receiving very positive reviews from newspapers and stuff, so it's pretty exciting. I like this suspense. It's really good. The build up Yeah. Slightly further up. Um, yeah. So personally, my personal life is going amazing. Now, I'm going to talk about the thing I wanted to talk about today. Uh, but I might, I might interrupt myself to continue talking about this this piece because it's really good. Um, it's also it's also interesting because all the annotations are in Portuguese. Um, it's, it's really interesting because normally they're not because the composers are not Portuguese speaking um, I so this week I don't know if you've seen it on the news but some um, environmental climate activists went to a museum uh, in the UK and threw uh, tomato soup. Canned tomato soup. Um, At a. B- b- an art piece, Picasso? Was it? Tomato soup. News. Not what I wanted. Not the recipes. No, thank you. Ah, news. Just stop what Oh, Van Gogh! uh through to cancer sunflowers that's the one Sunf- van Gogh's sunflowers at the london N- london's national gallery gallery um and it was a fairly silly thing because obviously the painting has a, a protective glass so the, they weren't going to do anything it was just a shout for attention which is fair enough like these people activists and stuff they need attention in order to say the things that they need to say and get messages messages across to the people that they want to do stuff and to change stuff um, but but it doesn't really make sense i mean if there was some kind of i don't know it was from from a, um, an organization called just stop oil if there was some kind of Petrol uh, uh, meeting Super Petrol Petrol Super Super companies meeting There and, and They did that Because of that It would make sense To some extent But just randomly Going into a museum And throwing tomato soup At a protective glass Or a famous painting Doesn't make sense And then uh, After they did that They um, Started shouting You know Do you Do you prefer Art or life? You know, is it more important to um, have precious art or to save the environment? Um, And no no one one is going to say that art is more important. That's never going to happen. And so it just seems kind of pointless. And at the same time, this week I've been... Over over the last couple of weeks I've been listening to uh, Burn Wild, which is a BBC podcast about... Climate activists uh, in the 90s, and specifically two of them, who were labeled terrorists and were added to the um, FBI's top 10 most wanted, um, most wanted um, national fugitives or whatever. Um, and what they did—it's pretty interesting because at the time. There have been climate protesters, you know, mainly since, like, the 60s, 70s. And throughout the first two, three decades, they just did peaceful stuff. Peaceful protests, um, you know, civil disobedience, that sort of thing. But then in the 90s, they started progressing to more aggressive forms of of protesting. Um, And so, like, they burned... um, they burned buildings and stuff of of companies who were which were destroying forests, that sort of thing. And but always with the care of making sure that no one was there and no one was hurt or injured or, or anything like that. And despite that, despite the fact that they always made sure that um, they never hurt anyone and all the damage was um, to property or material damage. Um, mm-hmm. They were still coined, labeled as terrorists by the FBI, and um, you know they've they've had massive sentences, and it's it's pretty crazy uh, everything they've been through and what they were trying to do and and the things that they actually did, and and then looking at the consequences of those things, um, because this is a, something on the part of the establishment, which is. You know, these people are a nuisance to them, an annoyance to them, I think. And because of that, they they reacted disproportionately and, and had this massive sort of crackdown on them, which was totally unjustified and way too aggressive, really. But still, and and these people, most of them nowadays, regret the actions they took. Because number one, the way that the government cracked down on them, and the authorities cracked down on them, was unbelievably harsh. And and then they look at at what they've done and the effects of it, and turns out it didn't really change anything. Um, And so we're trying, I don't know, it seems like climate activism is currently at the stage where nothing can be done. Peaceful protests... Oh, this is, this is nice. Um, very cheerful. Um, climate activism seems at the stage where peaceful protests don't really achieve anything, they just get uh, media and social media attention and that's it, nothing actually, actually changes. Um, but then everything that was done in the past that was more extreme than, than that had very very harsh consequences to the people who did it, and also didn't really have any effect upon you know environment and and climate um, and um, extinction of species didn't have any effect on on reducing those or or ta- targeting those problems, and so it just seems like you know when we look at the history of, of Climate activism, it seems like there's nothing we can do and that it's a lost, hopeless fight. And so I'm starting to think that the only way to really do something about it is to go to politics and just change the top of it so that they start doing something about it. Because when the top, when the people that are responsible for our countries change their positions on politics, that's the only way and think that things can really change. That was beautiful. There was there was truly I was not expecting today's choice, which was improvised in the moment, to be this good. But this is really, really, really good. I really enjoyed this. Um, and so just a final message to say if you are if you are worried about the environment if you care about the um extinction of species um the mass extinction that's currently going on about the climate and and the the rise in, in the global temperatures and so on I'd say the best thing you can do is first of all vote vote for the parties which propose to do things to tackle that um and if you do have the time if you do have the drive for it go into politics and do the same try and uh, make yourself heard and make the people in power uh, care about these things um you know and and i think that the most effective way to do it is to worry about those things and become a person in power um so yes i say that that's really the way to go um and with that I conclude this episode of uh, Classic Gibberish. Um, I don't know if it's been enjoyable. I, I really enjoyed it. I always enjoy when the piece I choose sort of inspires me to to talk about classical music. And I did talk about classical music for about half of the time. Um, so I'm really happy with that. I'm really, really happy with that. And I hope it was enjoyable to listen to as well. Um, i am now going away and watching a fabulous play in um, a couple of hours Um, and i'll be back again next week i should be back on saturday at half 8 pm until then i do hope you have a great week and i will try having a great week as well and the only thing that remains to say is bye bye Classy gibberish.